Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Online Darts, the live lounge. It's the first live lounge of 2021. Phil Bars, and of course, joined up as always by Jai Thetan and Jack Gobbygarwood. Gentlemen, Happy New Year and good evening. I'll let, I'll let Gob go first on this one tonight. I, I, I'm feeling a very generous boy because I'm about to absolutely abuse him for the next hour and a half. I'm buzzing for this. How are you feeling, Gob? Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. God, can you not hear us again? Oh, how's that happening? No, it's standard t- 2021 and Gob's managed to muck it all up as always. <laughs> Right, honestly, it's more unreliable than it's more unreliable than anything I've ever seen. What's going on, Gob? How have you literally? We were talking just before off we were came off air, ladies and gentlemen. While Phil and and Gob sort out the uh, the issues, uh, uh, look, we were we were talking about this off air just literally before we came on, and we thought that he was fine, but I don't know where he's gone at the moment in time. This is remarkable since. but like we say, absolutely, we, we, Gobs does not know at all yeah. what we're saying, so we could be saying literally anything. I'm back. He's back. He's back. Thank God for that. New Year, new tech. All set for this. I mean, if it hadn't worked, it wouldn't have been a shame, considering the events for the last. 17 days, but you know, I'm here. Lucky me. Let's go. New year, new me. Get it wrong on day one. Yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely fine before we started. I've had to, I've got a new mic, and I think trying to use the mic means that it doesn't work in my headset properly. So, <laughs> that old chestnut. Can't wait for them to die uh, halfway through now because I wasn't expecting to use them, but 
What else could possibly go wrong? Well, you know, well, everyone, welcome. Good old Coco the Clown. I'm about to say, really quickly, we appreciate as well that people might not be watching us at the moment because uh, certainly if you're in the UK, uh, certainly if you're outside the UK, we know we do get people watching from all over the world. There is an, a, a press conference going on with our Prime Minister at the moment, Boris Johnson, basically saying that we're in a new national lockdown. So we're back to where we started in March, lads. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, but yeah, not the, not the greatest of starts uh, to, to the new year, but it's great to uh, be back with you. It's great to actually be involved in a show once more. Because I, I wasn't here the first well, time gonna, we did this properly. Well, to be fair, I was going to say it's nice if you nice if you turn up, Jar, after you missed the last one. Oh well, you know it's always nice. It's always it's always nice to be back. But you know, I was I was there on the on the podcast, Barzi. I was there doing all the stuff and, and doing a lot of writing as well. So, <laughs> uh, you know, we'll, we'll take a bit of, we'll take a look at a bit of flack. And God's no, just. <laughs> he's already resigned because of what's happened in the no. football. That he's brilliant. <laughs> oh, you've got you, you, you've got to that. into the meat of it. Busy, busy show tonight, gentlemen. We've got plenty to cover and there are plenty of fishing rods going to be dangled. Of course, we're going to look back at the World Championship. We're going to talk about the Premier League, an interesting Premier League. We're going to talk about stuff on the calendar and a few little whispers that I've picked up being in a in a bubble at Ali Pali, you get to hear little little odds and sods about the calendar and stuff like that. And of course, your questions as always, gentlemen. But I suppose we better get into the, to, to the meat and we better go to this little tournament we've just had. I don't know, I don't know if you knew about it, but there was this 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 little tournament that just took place. And of course it was the World Championships, the big one. The season finale, gentlemen. Before we come and have a look at games and everything like that, how goddamn good was the World Championships? Go on, Gob. Okay. Go on, Gob. This is your this is your time, pal. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm going to get the old. Uh, was, uh... I'm going to get the old feet up, lad. <laughs> Already, people aren't even here. <laughs> No, to be fair, it was. We, we say this a lot, and we are the first to criticise the PDC and those tournament makers, the, the broadcasters, um, as a whole when it doesn't go well. But considering the circumstances, they had fans in day one, and, and that got shut down pretty quickly. The arena looked fantastic, the darts were superb. They, they put on another great show, and a lot of people have said it recently bit of doom and gloom finishing the year, but. Sport gives you that release, and once again, the World Darts Championship was our release for two and a half weeks, and it delivered every step of the way. Yeah, massively. Kudos to 
everyone at the PDC Sky because the, the turnaround from night one to night two, the amount of time they had to turn that around and make that look as it did was just remarkable and it looked stunning on TV. That middle walkway, I'd love to see that stay. Would absolutely love it. Yeah, same. That's what I was just about to say. The walkway, I thought, was absolutely epic because it because it really gave that sort of sense of amphitheatre gladiatorial kind of battle that you're walking into. I appreciate it's a bit difficult to do because if we've obviously got... The, normally at the Ali Pali, you have the big uh, uh, stand behind and all the tables and everything else like that. But if we could possibly keep that for any stage, then it would be brilliant. But I just don't think it's going to be possible because of the way everything works out. But... Look, we appreciate as well people will think that we're just, you know, always going to be praising the PDC. I'm going to tell you a little bit of a secret now. We ain't going to be praising them for the Premier League picks in a little while. But for what they've done for uh, for what they've done to get the uh, to get the uh, to get the World Championships on and the way it looked, the way everything was, it just looked outstanding. And full credit goes to Matt Porter and, and his entire team. It was it was unreal, really unreal. Yeah, and one of the only other negatives that, that I've got, and this isn't PDC, that this is Sky, I didn't like the fact that Emma Payton was shafted. And I'm saying okay. that. She should have had the final. Look, I, I understand that no. Woodsy's, Woodsy's great at what she does, and she, she is the glamour girl, and I, and, and I get that. But Emma Payton's the one that's come in, taken over the reins, done all the hard work, and she was brilliant. And I just think that she got shafted a little bit. Don't mind saying it. Yeah, yeah, I, I've I've got to agree with you there, pal. I think that Emma, in particular, th- there's no doubt that who's been the 2020 breakout star of the Sky Sports Dart team this year. The fact that her first ever dart shift happened at the World Match Play this year to come in a way that she's done is un is ridiculously good. And I agree with you there, Barzi. She should have had the final. It was it was bad that she got shafted for me. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, but anyway, enough of the negatives. We're going to be positive from now on in and the world. Right, we're not going to obviously go through every game because we'll be here till four o'clock in the morning um, and everything like that. But we're going to put some graphics and some slides up, as always, and just run through some some key games and, and, and bits like that, guys. Um, let me find me right ones first. I think it's that one. Well, all I can remind all I'm going to remind everybody is that there's a brand new world number one. That's all I give a damn about. There's a brand new world number yes. one, Philip Bars. Look, it's, it's there. The, the the rankings don't lie. I'm not not going to hide the fact. I don't don't hide the fact that going price and I've said it on this show. For me, he has been the best player this year across the year. He has been the best player. I should stress, by the way, this isn't you that I'm having a dig at, by the way, or trying to have a go at. This is my no. friend, Mr. Garwood, over here. This is literally, this could never come at a worse <laughs> time for him. Two weeks before his birthday, and he's got over it the fact that Gerwin Price is the best player on planet darts, Gob. <coughs> come on now. Enjoy yourself. Have a drink. Come on. Big moment. <laughs> I need a drink when I'm finished with you, mate. Right. <laughs> uh, but- Right, top half of the draw up until the quarterfinals. Section number one in the comments as well. 
out of those, what was your tie of section one, gentlemen? There it is on the screen in all of its glory. Where 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 are we going here? What was your tie of that section? Simple for me. I'll leave you boys to go to further to the right, but I'm starting right at the left. Luke Humphreys versus Paul Lynn. An absolute belter, a legend. Luke's been fantastic here for the past couple of years. Uh, will be a fantastic player. His stage game is magnificent. The first contender to win in the Premier League. But Paul Lynn, rolling back the years, gets it done. It, it was superb. It was a great moment, a great match. And he showed to everybody that old, you never give up spirit. And it, it, that was superb. So I'll let you boys take the, the glory ones in, in the last couple of columns. But that's my one for this section. John, where, where are you going? I, I'll let. Mm, I, I, do you know what, Phil? I'll let you go. Th- I'll let you go first because I'll I'll see which one you don't pick and I'll go with the other. I'll, I'll be generous. <laughs> uh, I'm going for the uh, full franchise, and for me, oh, this was oh, arguably the game of the tournament. Won. The one your friend won. Yeah. <laughs> well, to, 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 to be fair, I think it takes two. It takes two to tango because. Cullen was sensational in this one as well. Um, I'm, I'm going MVG Cullen. I, I could sit there and watch starts like that all night because it was just majestic. It was very good. There's no doubt about that. Um, I'm going to surprise you a little bit here because, yes, we could all talk about the game being MVG Chisnell, but I can't. I always say about Taylor Lewis in 2013, the Slam final. That gets more. Sorry, Slam semi-final. That gets more recognition than it deserves, in my opinion, because the first 15 legs were brilliant, and then AD fell off a cliff. The match play final in 2013 was a better game than that. So I'm not going to pick Chisnell Van Gogh because just the scoreline was brilliant, but as a match, while a great performance from Chizzy, it wasn't a great match. I'm actually going to go back to a further round, and I'm going to say. Well, actually, no, I'm going to go back two rounds, actually, and say Michael Van Gogh against Ryan Murray was probably my favourite game of that. And I'll tell you the reason why. Ryan raised his game a lot. MEG threw in a, a ridiculous average. Really good darts. Murray didn't wilt, I don't think, on the stage, like we normally see players in that round do. And I think that he raised his game particularly well. And it, it capped off a very, very good season for Ryan, in my opinion. He's, he's been looking pretty on the way up. He looks very, very good. But MVG is just MVG. Now, like I say, obviously, Dave Chisel getting through and beating Michael Van Gogh was a brilliant performance from Chizzy. But I think that as a game, I preferred watching MVG Murray than, than MVG Chisnell. Well, well, we'll touch on MVG Chisnell whilst we're in the top section. Where the canal did Dave Chisnell produce that performance from? <laughs> because arguably, arguably... <laughs> TV performance of the year from an individual. He was that yeah. good. Yeah. 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 You bang on with that. And the worry we had with Chisnell is he put such a good performance in in the round previous, where we've seen him put in a good performance throughout the rest of 2020. He's fallen off a cliff the following round. Given that, given that he was playing Marco Van Gerwen and he lost 27 times previously to him in a row, you just did not see that coming from there. And you always thought that I think Van Gogh had a chance to win the third set, it was. And even then, I wasn't convinced Chisner was getting over the line until he won the fourth. <laughs> no, well, you, as, as you know, you will know what I put in the group chat. 
after two sets, I put Chisnell wins this 5-1. I just didn't see how MVG was going to win. True? This is... Yeah, this is a, this is a strange one because we watched it and I, I, I remember saying this, by the way, if you haven't listened to the World Championship Daily and you want to listen back to everything that we said and probably opinions shifted about 17 times throughout the tournament, <laughs> you can do on our uh, podcast, so our <laughs> podcast channels right now. Um, but I said at that point, the second set was probably the most important moment of that because he let slip a 2-0 lead in that second set. Same again in the third set, as God mentioned, on the night itself as well. And he won those key moments. Chidor doesn't do that very often against Michael Van Gerwen. So that, I think, is the more shocking point for me. And the fact is, is that he didn't relent. He just didn't, he didn't, he didn't actually stop. Like, he just carried on banging in maximums for fun. Yeah, no, 100%. Absolute 100%. So from there, section two. Now, this was an intriguing section, gentlemen, from... Start to finish, this 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 was interesting, and I don't think anyone saw Gary Anderson doing what Gary Anderson did. I know that God that you love the man, but did, did he pull our pants down? Did he pull the wool over everyone's eye and just play this absolute <laughs> Joker card on us all? Um, I don't know because he did this at the match play, and I'm going to be honest, he didn't look great there either. But he just found a way to win constantly throughout the tournament. I didn't have him going anywhere near as far as that, despite my clear favouritism towards him. A, a good trait to have in the media, I know. Um, yeah, he, I genuinely believe him as well. There's a lot of people out there questioning whether Gary is seriously gearing up for an assault on 2021. And I genuinely think he is. Like, I'm genuinely believing when he's relaxed and laid back enough to say that anything at this tournament is a bonus, he's going for it next year. The fact that he's stuck around in the top eight now is a huge bonus for him because that just gives you those extra qualifying avenues without having to work your ass off to get to major tournaments. So now he's secured his position there. If he actually puts some time in, gets to pro tours, as and when they actually start appearing, look out everybody else. Yeah, um, so section two. I know what one of my highlights was, and it was right in the top left-hand corner, was Dimitri Gorbanov's walk-on. Absolutely yeah, love that. One, because he knew, he knew all the words to his song. It was great. I also found out earlier, he has a YouTube channel, Uncle Sam is. I can't speak a word of Russian, so I don't know if it's any good, but he's got a YouTube channel that looks quite interesting. So if anybody does speak Russian... Go and have a look. <laughs> um, so, oh, looking through that, what what was your what what was your standouts and disappointments as well? I'm guessing. Um, I think I think the standout, just a real quick one, actually. I, I think the standout for me was that I was right in that Jason Lowe was getting not enough press and not enough hype at the time. Okay, people might say that I had Michael Smith make quarterfinal. We can gloss over that bit. I thought it was going to be a close game and make it 3-2. But the thing for me was that Jason Lowe, for me, was getting not enough credit for the year that he'd had. And I thought he was always going to give Michael Smith the game. I didn't expect that. So that was probably my surprise, or I wouldn't call it a low light, because... 
I don't think it was a real low light. Smith just didn't get going. I think the low light for me, honestly, Mensal's play in round three. That's not darts. I know we've already. I know Gary's talked about it for. I, I know Gary's talked about it for years. Yeah, well, exactly. I'm just here to buy darts. That's, coming, so that's all I want to do. Is just that's, buy darts. That's, that's coming from a Sky commentator. Proud of you, Joe. What a numpty. <laughs> <laughs> what a ticket. Can you tell we've transcribed that interview quite a lot? Yes, that's <laughs> def- definitely have. But I, I think Mentor's play. I don't, I, the best thing about that is he's like, sticking around till he's 90 now to stick it to Rod as well. Just for the fucking yeah. 40 years of Gary Anderson. <laughs> Uh, I, I just love it how he ripped Sky's lead commentator and pundit and PDC director all within a couple of minutes. It was like <laughs> boring, <laughs> irrelevant. <laughs> yesterday's news out the way. I'm coming in. <laughs> uh, amazing. So yeah, I think uh, I, I, I think that was pretty it though for me, definitely. Gob for you. Yeah, I, I didn't enjoy that game at all. I, I, I think that's pretty obvious to see. Um, enjoyed seeing Dirk go on a run again. I thought he was superb. He's, he's backing it up. He isn't a one-it wonder. That that Grand Prix wasn't a fluke. He does have the ability to compete at the top level of CDC darts. Um, Danny Baggish, though. Danny Baggish. All, all three of his games were absolutely superb from him. Um, just the fight, the grit from somebody that hasn't been on that stage in that position before, to do it against the likes of Damon Hatter, who a lot of people were tipping for a big run in that section, to do it against two-time world champion Adrian Lewis, and then to fall short against Glenn Durant, which was the most Glenn Durant-like performance we've seen since the middle of the Premier League. It was just super from him. And he will, might touch on this in a little bit, but he's one of a few that I want to keep my eye on at Houston. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I thought he was he, he was really, especially in the Lewis game, took out some big big finishes when it when it really mattered. Um, I think one of my disappointments was Big Dev, and I think that wrist injury that he says was okay. I'm not convinced it was because the averages weren't Dev that we'd seen in the back end of 2020, and yeah, but here's a point before you. I, I, has, since he won that European Championship and he told, well, the Euro Tour, and and he said that uh, he was living in Marco van Gerwen's head rent free, have we really seen the best of Devin Peterson? Because I don't think we have. Spells at the slam, but only spells. Um, But. Let's be fair, they're all playing a few mind games and it's all backfiring here and there, but that's for another day. Um <laughs> you like to see it though. At least at least it's something to talk about for us. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um and and again, oh some breaking news as well. It is confirmed on Sky News that Elite Sport will continue, everyone, during lockdown. It has just popped up on Twitter. Elite Elite Sport will continue. Thank God for that. I was getting worried that we were going to have absolutely jack to do. Um, but, again, get, get ready in the chat room. Section three, what was your performance of section three? Everyone in the chat room, come and get involved. It's all 
him going off in the chat room again, which we like. Now, this was this was a weird section. It was very odd, I think. This was the, 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 this was the one that went all over the place, and yeah. So, this for me, right? I think there's only one. There's only one game of the of, of that section, isn't there? Come on, guys, we've got to agree on this one, surely. Um, well, we'll tell you ran you three you game. Tell you you tell it. Ran, th- ran three game three. <laughs> well, yes, there was that. Obviously, the nine dart hit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think we're all going to the same place here. Come on now. The third round is a real bad place for me. <laughs> you said it was a real bad place for Barzi as well, but that's it. It was a real bad place for Barzi, but that's for another issue for another time, listeners and uh, viewers. No, um, Ratajski and uh, Ratajski and Clements was the game of the day, uh, the game of that section for me, Clive. I think that was a that that one for me was brilliant. Just the sheer drama of the one deciding leg could not hit double one for love nor money. Both of them on double one. It was just remarkable, to be fair. So, yeah, that, that for me is a game of that section. And it's up there for me, a game of the tournament, just for the drama. Yes, the averages weren't great. But in terms of drama, nothing really back, uh, offered more than this. Yeah, um, some interesting stats as well that we found out obviously being there. The Nico Kurtz against Gabriel Clemens broke all kind of records for German TV as well. Like literally smashed it out of the park in terms of darting numbers in Germany. So that's also a good sign. Can we sack Brad, please? (laughs) 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 Keep them coming, Brad. Keep them coming. We like that. Bill Sanderson says in the chat, about to say, Bill Sanderson says in the chat as well, right lost because he lost the ball. Price two final legs only got through because he won the ball. Have extra legs, and I think right would have got through. Um, I sort of agree with that, and I sort of don't. I think that, to be honest with you, right lost the game in the middle part of the match. Wouldn't you agree, Gob? Because he just couldn't, f- genuinely, I'm not just right, taking the, the pick here. Right, that's the game in a second and third. Don't yeah. wrong. Clemens' performance was was superb, and it has to be to upset the world champion. I don't former world champion. Get it? There we go. Before someone has a pot. Um, I, I don't think Wright played badly. He missed a couple of doubles early on in crucial moments, and it cost him. See you later. Yeah, he missed two many doubles. By the way, superb, superb. I'm, I'm getting that right up there. Yeah. How, however. Oh, sorry, what what a miserable git. Absolute <laughs> miserable. Sorry, right, whether there's fans in there or not, at least give the camera a wave and a smile. You just did a nine dar. You genuinely just thought someone Gurney had gone over his cap. Gurney smiled more when he missed the double 12 than what he did when he hit it. <laughs> but I just think that was the pressure yeah. of the game. Bunting had him. Bunting had him in an absolute vice. And I, I said this about Wadey, that he is a player that will stay at the same level of performance from start to finish, even after a break, right? And forget the fact that that leg came the first leg or second leg after a TV break. 
his his level overall did not improve, and he knew it. Like there is no ability to change gear for James, and I think despite the nine data, he's very much of the opinion that it's still just one leg. You've still got to go up and do your job, and he still is back against the wall in a world of trouble. So I'm going to give him a little bit of. 009 hits nine darters when he wants or he's involved in them. I mean, he's seen enough of them now. They're not as special to him. Um, I'll cut him a little bit of slack, shall we say. No, and, and, I, and I'm not. And people that were moaning on Twitter why James Wade hasn't been picked for the Premier League, that's part of your reason there. Yeah. Part of your reason right there why he hasn't been picked. I agree. He's an amazing player. Reach finals and everything like that. But things like that go against you in terms of invites to big events like that. Yeah, completely agree. On paper, right, genuinely, I'm not just saying this now to try and keep favour the Wade apologists here, especially one that's uh, there's one on the show. However, Yes, on paper, he's probably had a more, he's probably had a better uh, year than the majority of the players have had on tour. Say, for instance, Rob Cross. I appreciate Rob Cross probably wouldn't have been in the Premier League anyway if he wasn't top four. We'll gloss over that for a second. But what I'm saying is, is that Wade, Wade's probably had the best year in two finals, making a couple of uh, making a couple of decent performances on the win. Top of the Summer Series Auto Merit, I think it was, wasn't it? Or well, no, sorry, second in the Summer Series Auto uh, Order of Merit. He's had a great year. But he just doesn't. He just doesn't seem to give it large. He doesn't seem to give it darts, and that's exactly what we want. We want characters, and Wade ain't a character at the moment. So in order for that to be, no. in order for him to be back in there, he needs to be a character. That's as simple as plain as that. Hundred percent. But I don't think any. Ben Gan Luke. <laughs> what a warfare! What a warfare! We haven't talked I'm about that. Nineties and noughties. Boy band throwback, please. <laughs> get back to the, the problem get is, back to Celine, Get that crowd going. We're all over this. I know. I'll I tell you what, the bar's been set now. Next year, I genuinely want someone to walk on to Celine Dion. My heart will go on. <laughs> nah, you <laughs> can't have Celine over West Come on. Sweet Caroline. No, no matter what, by, no by Boyzone, please. <laughs> Other boy bands are available. I mean, I don't want somebody not, to steal it, but my walk on is the best one on the planet. They're not the greatest boy band of all time, God, we know this. Five are the greatest boy band of all time. I'm, everybody get up. It's the greatest <laughs> walk on song of all time. Uh, <laughs> right. Move, move, moving on <sighs> to section four. Again, YouTubers, get in the comments here because this section was lit. It all went off in this section. Yeah. We saw we saw great darts. We saw bizarre darts. We saw emerging stars, emerging talents. I loved section four. Yeah, it was great. Like don't, I, oh, there, there weren't many bad matches. <laughs> <laughs> there weren't. I, I don't think there were that many bad matches. Uh, you know, uh, looking at it, Max Max Hot Gordon Mathers aside. And O'Connor Zonneveld aside, I don't think there were that many bad matches, personally. Scott Waits v Matt Campbell, easily the best first round game of the lot. We thought it would be, and we called it right. Edward Fuchs, who the Still F is he before this tournament? Now everybody knows <laughs> who he is from Japan. He's from Japan, so we know that now. 
Um, you know, you look back, like we say, we talked about King Barry and Jeff Smith. We thought that would put on a show on the first night, and they did. Like I say, we talked about Waits Campbell, Woodhouse Lewis, Jamie Lewis. What an absolute hero to come back from throwing in a 57 average on the on, on the Euro Tour to then going on and giving uh, going Price a scare in the second round. Fair play to Jamie Lewis on that one as well. Nathan Aspel, Scott Waits, another brilliant game between those two. Um, Jose Nassisa Ross Smith was a really good game. Jeff Smith, Chris Doby, that was unbelievable as well. There were so many great games in this section of the draw. I think the one for me that stands out was Mervyn King against Jose de Sousa. We all thought that Jose would do bits at this tournament, but he just got battered off the board by Murph. 100%. He got absolutely Mervyn kicked. Mervyn 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 Mervyn. <laughs> I'll tell you what as well. The chin, where has he produced this form from? Superb. I'd completely written him off before the tournament. In this section, pre-event, I'd given two players the chance to beat Gerwin Price if he wasn't going to make it out of this section. And they both met in the third round. It was D'Souza and King. And every other opponent gave Gerwin Price a better game than Mervyn King did. (laughs) (laughs) Every other opponent in in this section of the draw gave him a better game. Um, Gurley was superb. Van der Voort made the most of his opportunity. Um, that could have been Scott Waits, realistically. I thought he was superb, like Jar said. Waits v Matt Campbell was well up there. And Ross Smith, David Evans, another one. Um, all right, 3-0 yeah. score line flatters it. It was a good performance from two players that I think are, are very evenly matched. And when they get going, are both superb. I'm really looking forward to seeing both of those two next year. They play the game in the right way, um, which... There's obviously a bit of a buzzword around this tournament. So, yeah, they played a game in the right way. <laughs> really forward to seeing them. Um, Brendan Dolan, by the way. He was a big one. I love the new quicker pace. I love the celebration. He's superb. Um, on his day, he's a fantastic dart player. And long may that continue. To be fair, that first set against Edward Folks. I was like, where's the real Brendan Dolan? Who's kidnapped him? Who's who's under that bodysuit? It was like watching rapid Ricky Evans. He was quick, wasn't he? He was quick. But yeah, I've never seen anything like it. But you know what though? People will talk about Edward Fawkes and all that sort of stuff and go, yeah, you know, the Asia Tour, the the strength and depth of the Asia Tour there, you know, four qualifiers really in that sense. We had Lawrence Lagan, we had Paul Lim, we had Edward Fawkes and we had uh, Cheng Yan Lu. The Asian Tour could be going places, man. We could be seeing some real big boys coming over from uh, from, from there. And I'm more excited as well. I know we, we, we want to touch on Key School just a touch. I really hope that Campbell, that Baggish as well, we barely talked about him uh, for what he achieved as well back in Section 3 over with AD Lewis and Danny, uh, you know, Adrian Lewis uh, coming through that game. I really want to see Danny them uh, play. Exactly, and Lauby as well. Brilliant game. Brilliant, brilliant game. And I want to see all more, three of them at school. I was pleasantly surprised by a name that got a little bit of a, a stick, I think, pre-event by social media and that sort of thing. And that's Cameron Carolison. There's a really, really nice yeah. action there. Yeah, yeah, no, agreed. And a bit of, a bit of practice, yeah. proper match practice, getting into it and doing this a little bit more. I think he could become a very, very good player as well. That action is very, very solid. 
not a lot goes wrong with that. I yeah, no, no, lack of experience, lack of playing, lack of repetition, and a few more loose starts than you tend to see from the top pros. Letting down a bit at times, but he's another one. Those those four in particular, I'm really looking forward to. It. Um, back to the Asian tour, the fact that Sego Asada and Noel Malik then did not qualify <laughs> tells you the strength and depth of Asian darts right now. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Dawson, I, I know. I, I know. Dan Dawson always says uh, the Germans are coming. You can change that. The world is coming. Germans, Asians, North yeah. Americans, and this is a testament. And, and again, I appreciate this might sound make me sound like a PDC apologist when I'm definitely not. I promise you. In about half an hour's time, we talk about the Premier League. I won't be. <laughs> but the way that the, the way that things the way that things are at this moment in time, you cannot fault what the PDC are doing. You just can't. The strength in depth no, across the board, been... even even with the fact that we basically had no darts across the world in 2020 for the affiliate tours, they still perform well at the, at the Worlds. Madness. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. And the, the real standout one for me and um, is Matt Campbell, though. From the World Cup to oh. here, I think he has got a huge, huge future. He just looks the man, superb. The man... The... The man can check out the biggest checkouts of the lot and just make it look effortless. The action is Rolls yeah. Royce for me, Clive. Oh, the yeah, no, I... glorious. I, I tell you what, if yeah. they had beaten the Belgians at the World Cup, I think he would have beat Scott Waits. Don't get me wrong, Scott Waits was superb, but I just think in those moments, Campbell's looking at and his two biggest games in his career on stage are focused on tight and edgy, and I think he's tightened up a little bit and it's got him a bit up there. But that's where playing more and the experience will come into again. He will learn from both of them. And the next time he goes up and hits Massively. the ball, he'll He's a real threat. Yeah, I hope he goes. I hope he get, I just hope he gets a card more than anything else. I really hope he gets a card. He I, deserves hope, it. I hope he start earning some money because I'll put him on the tour myself. Damn yeah, right. no, massively. And then from there, the business end of the tournament. We came back on New Year's Day for quarterfinals. We've touched on, obviously, the, the first one, Dave Chisnell producing the performance of his life on that stage, and he was absolutely sensational. Gary Anderson rolling back the years, 101 average to beat Dirk Van Dyvenmode of 5-1. And I don't think anyone saw that scoreline happening in that game, gentlemen. Not me. I've carried down to lose it. I didn't lose him 5-2, 5-3. <laughs> yeah, look. No, Dirk's year, though. I agree. Dirk's year has been sensational. Um, we'll, we'll come on to Dirk later on in the show because I think he's going to be in, in the chat for another part. But no, superb. And then Stephen Bunting. Again, where has this performance come from? 101.1 average to beat the Yeah, well, sorry. The reason why the reason why this has happened, Gob, is because we interviewed him on our old show, and since then he's gone from strength to strength. That's the reason why you brought us on board. Yeah, we brought him on board. Forget the fact he's saying barrels. Forget the fact he's back on the practice board. Forget the fact that missing out on the Grand Prix has made him even more determined to come and win prize money because that 10K might have made a massive difference to him and Lewis, by the way, in the rankings. Like, massive difference. Uh, huge difference. For that now, so I'd be um, very surprised if 
they don't address that this year. Um, yeah, he was he was superb, and he's always been capable of this performance. And there are times on the pro tour when he, he does deliver this performance, but it's when it gets tight and edgy that he's another one that tends to tighten up a bit, and it just did not seem to happen. He was exceptional in the big moments. You can't teach. Yes, I want to give a big. No, I, I do want to give a big shout out to Christoph, by the way, for making a world championship quarterfinal. He's made two quarterfinals this year of the two biggest tournaments, the match play and the world championship. Poland's number one, the Polish Eagle, will win a TV title at some stage. And all I'm all I'm saying is, get me to Warsaw right now or crack off for the Premier League, boys. I don't think Christoph will be in it this year, but in a couple of years' time, get me to Warsaw or crack off right now for the Premier League. However, I... he's definitely not a status quo man. Definitely not no, a status quo. He's definitely, definitely a Venger boy, his man. The Venger bus has he, to come back. Please. To be fair, though, like, whilst reaching the quarters for Christoph is big, and we've been saying how he needs to do it on the TV, I don't think he played well all week for all, all tournament. I don't think he was great. I thought he was edgy in the big moments. I think the fact that he lost to. Steve West, I think it was the last time they played, where he had darts to win every leg and lost 6-5. He lost early yep. in the Players' Championship to Carol Sedlacek. He's looked tetchy and edgy on doubles recently, and that's normally his bag. And we, we don't tend to see a lot of emotion from Christoph, but that is sneaking into his game a little bit, and I'm not sure if that's frustration, just desire to do better and produce the game that he can. He's still fantastic. He's still a top 16, top 8 player, in my opinion. I've said that at the start of the year, and I've got pretty close. Um, so, yeah, he's still superb, but I think there's more to come from him as well. That isn't that isn't Christoph plateauing. There is another level to Christoph's game no. as well. And then, finally, Gavin Price, 5-4 over Chin. And how edgy was this one? I was nervous. I was very nervous during this game. I did think at one stage during that final leg, I did think I went, oh dear, I'm not going to, I'm not going to enjoy this, but this is the thing you talk about price winning the ball and everything like that. Look, do I think that the, the tiebreaker should have come back after the third round once we had no fans? Totally. And it will be, you know, and, and, but then again, though, would we have had the drama as much as we did do? I don't know. It's just one of those things. But this was tight. It was edgy. Both players knew how big this game was. But yeah, Gerwin gets over the line in the end with a, with a huge performance in that sense. And I think that really set him up well because, you know, he'd been back, apart from, he'd had three, uh, what was it, three games prior to that uh, in the in the World Championship. Round three, yeah, three and two of them had already been yeah. tight. So he'd already known how to get over that. But what a performance for the chin. What a, what a, what a response from the chin. People thought they would drop down. Yeah. He would absolutely drop like a stone after the 2018 World Championships. He's only stayed at world number 11. Mental. Yeah, and he, he can build on this an awful lot as well. Um, but well, from there, we have... He? Our... He, hasn't, he hasn't got anything no. to defend next year. So, like, I'm just going through his... Uh, I'm just going through what he's got. The only thing that he's got, I think, is a match play semi-final. That's it. Yeah, um, but we have a final four. The, 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 the final four, no. Yeah. At the start of the World Championships, 
if anyone called this final four, then I want you to go to the funny farm now and have some tests. Because I don't think anyone would have called Dave Chisnell, Gary Anderson, Stephen Bunting and Gatherin Price as the final four competitors in the PDC World Championship. We'll do it in order. I didn't call any of them. Well, there's a shock. Um, we'll, we'll start in order. And unfortunately, the curse of Michael Van Gerwen and Dave Chisnell struck. And Chisnell couldn't produce the fireworks he did the night before. Should we be surprised? No, because everyone that has beaten MVG in a major this year has lost the next round. And it struck again. But again, I thought... Gav- I say sorry. I'm very, very sorry. I apologise for interrupting mid-flow. Are you saying that it's the rest of the players to let him make him sure that he wins every single event next year? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I have to say, I thought Gary managed this game very well. His board management was exceptional. And what I mean is he took out two and three dark tricky finishes when it really mattered, and that hurt Chisnell in this game. Yeah, he, he stayed an arm's length ahead of Dave Chisnell. He, 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 to coin a Michael Van Gogh phrase, he did the right things at the right moment. Now, I don't tend to agree with the way that the commentary teams are talking about attacking and defending the throws. To me, you, you've got the same amount of darts in your hand. If you throw it first, you go up and throw a big score. There is a little bit of ball management as to when you throw for a treble, when you throw a slightly more aggressive dart, but attacking and defending, it's just not the thing, right? But Gary kept Dave at arm's length. He kept the momentum on his side. I, I believe in that more than I believe in attacking and defending. Rob Whoa, dropping the end bomb. <laughs> Rob Stone. First shot in 2021. Right now, <laughs> Gary won 10 legs in a row against Dirk in the round before. You keep on a roll like that. You keep your opponent chasing. You keep them struggling. They, they're trying harder and harder. And that's not a good thing in darts a lot of the time. You start trying too hard. So I think that's the thing. And Gary kept Dave far enough away that meant that Dave wasn't able to produce those moments of brilliance with his action. I'm still convinced that action just does not hold up. It doesn't. Because against Michael, it looked sensational. Against Gary, it looked like a bucket of bolts. Yeah. And all right, even against Michael, there were releases that were off-timed and whatever, but he got away with it, right? He's in that much of a flow and that much of a rhythm that you can you can make minor corrections to your action when you're throwing and you, you can get away with it. And if it's your day, it's your day and you miss and it, it goes where you want it to, that sort of thing. That didn't happen against Gary because he was under pressure from start to finish. Yeah. And the second semi-final, Stephen Bunting put up one hell of a performance in this, but ultimately it wasn't enough. But the finishing in this game, the ton-plus finishes and Gerwin's love affair with double 10 just made this such a gripping game, Jar. Oh, mate, this is incredible. 13 ton-plus checkouts. 13 exactly ridiculous you know just you know, it was just more ton pluses than i've ever seen in my life i think it was that's a record isn't it for a pdc game not just the world championship but a pdc game unless anybody can find me differently uh, uh you know premium dark data carly fletcher 
Christo- uh, Christopher Kemp, any one of them, please let me know, and I will happily be corrected. But this is brilliant. But bunting at one stage, four three up, Price just didn't quite be able to get the scoring power. And but but also at the same time though, bunting was leaving those big shots and was taking them out. You cannot afford to keep doing that. And in the end, the seven set break came when he turns the interval. Price happened, and he won nine out of eleven legs off the back of that. That for me, there was a turning point for me to think, actually, actually, this girl in Price is different because. Two years ago, probably even last year, with the way that he'd been playing, he'd have lost that game. If that was yeah. if that would have happened last year, he'd have lost that game hundred percent because he didn't have the resolve, he didn't have the mental capability, particularly in a format that he absolutely despises. He didn't have, excuse me, the mental capability there at that time. This year he does, and that was the moment where I thought, okay, this is it, this is time. And from there. We have a World Championship final. It was the flying Scotsman, Gary Anderson, against the Iceman, Gerwin Price, for the biggest prize in the sport. And it was one of those ones, it's all if, buts and maybes, but does Gary look back at that first set and think, if only, God, if he wins the first set, is it a different game? Or or do you think that Gezi would have found a way anyway? No, completely. That third leg, honest, the, the difference that first set made, and the fourth set, there was a chance in the fourth set for Gary as well to go to each, and he, he sort of bombed it from there. But the first set, he had Gerwin Price exactly where he wanted him. Gerwin had spoken a lot in his pre-match interviews, even before the tournament started, right, when they did the pick three words to describe the World Championship. And one of the words that Gerwin Price picked was pressure. And I've been saying this privately all through the tournament, that I didn't think Price would be able to handle it because if that's his mentality going into the event, he's just going to put more on himself. And Gary let him out the track there. If Gary had won that first set 3-0, doesn't afford Gerwin a chance, Price then got to go back off stage. He's already 1-0 down in the biggest game of his life. Gary's been there, he's done it. He's been in both situations. He had him right where he wanted him. And he let him back into the game. He let him get that first set on the board. He let him start releasing that emotion that we've seen from him. He didn't do it all game, but in that first set, you did see a couple of roars from Gerwin as he was afforded the opportunity to get into the game, and that was it. He set, and away he went. And from there, Gary then did... Gerwin did to Gary what Gary did to Dave in the previous round. Gary had more than Managed the situation. At one point, I'm sure he did. But Gerwin managed the game massively. He was superb. Um, I'll get on to him in a minute, but Gary missed a couple of the key checkouts. There's a couple of double nines, double eighteens, where he started snatching across at one point. Like it just wasn't great. What are you looking at, Joe? Talking about talking about it as well. I'm just what? I'm as, just, I, you go, Phil. I, I'll say my piece in a second. As a player, though, putting that. Beautiful Sid Wardell trophy in eyes view all the time in the middle of that walk on. That's like here's what you could have won. And when you when when you're miles behind, do you really want to be looking at that? <laughs> right. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna say this and I don't care what anybody else thinks because that's it's my opinion. I'm entitled to mine. That second set to the sixth set from price was arguably the best uh, best sets of darts combined I've ever seen in a final. Ever. 
yeah. I, 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 you know, I don't like to be prisoner of the moment, and people can talk to me about it, and people can mention it to me, but and I'll listen. But that's but that third set when they leveled it at one set all, to when Price hit the sixth set, and he hit the one three six average, was quite possibly the best four sets of darts I've ever seen in a final. The man was unplayable. You can talk all you like about missing double 18s and double nines and all that sort of stuff, Gob. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate Gary missed a couple of darts. But at the end of the day, when you're getting those opportunities to potentially only get one dart a double from a big out shot and you've got an opponent on three, look, I've never, I haven't played darts the same standard as you. So I, I could, I could completely be wrong. But I imagine that most players, when you're trying to chase legs all the time, it does get that pressure to you. That sixth set in particular was the best set of darts ever at a PDC World Championship. He averaged 136 for crying out loud. I want to say something stronger than that, but I'm not going to because I know we're on because I know it's a family show before nine o'clock. Look, that was that middle part of the game was unplayable. Michael Van Going at his peak would not have been able to continue with the way that Price was playing him. He played outstandingly. The fact that he just had that love affair with Toss. He was 12 of 15 on the checkouts. He was double 12. Sorry, it was something like that at one stage after four sets. At one stage, he was 12 of 12 on tops after six sets. The man was the man was a genius in that middle part of it. It, it felt like he was a robot. And to say, uh, yes, he missed 11 darts to the double for the match, and of course, and and, and we know that. But again, as I said on the, on the piece that you can read on onlinedarts.com right now, when you're under that pressure, of course you're going to be feeling it when you are about to achieve something that you've waited your whole life for or as a, darter, as a darts player. But then he goes and finds double five. And Gary, I think if Gary gets it back to 6-4, <laughs> we could have been having a different conversation. Because if he'd have managed to win that 10th set and got it back to 6-4, Price has to go off the stage and he gets more time to think about it. And as he said to you in the interview, Phil, when it, the more he thought about it, the more he tensed up. Oh, his, his ringer was going. There's no question about that at all. He was feeling the absolute... <laughs> to be fair, it's getting close to 9 o'clock. We'll be all right after then. Um, yeah. No, look. He, he was feeling the heat, but he found a way to fall over the line in the end. And he did fall over it. Don't get me wrong, up until then, he was majestic. But he literally fell over the line. And it's all if, buts and maybes. If Gary had it taken that set, then I think it would have been interesting, to say the least. Because when you start, when you've missed 11 world championship darts, not just match darts, for the biggest prize, your mind is doing roller coasters. You're thinking about everything. But it didn't. That's Peter, right? And we have. That. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I completely agree with you. That, that, that's career changing. Yeah. Yeah, oh, 100%. I'm with you on that one. I'm going to say something that might surprise you. It felt a bit like Jar was ranting then. This is a bit where I, my friends are in the chat as well. They've been giving me jits for this all day, saying that I don't respect him. Like the ability of the man cannot be questioned. The finishing yeah. in the semi-final and the final was some of the best, if not the greatest finishing you've ever seen on that stage. 
at, at that moment, in those two games, his command of the double 20, double 10 axis was better than I've ever seen Phil Taylor, was better than I've ever seen Gary Anderson, and was better than I've ever seen James Wade. And James Wade has made a career out of those two. He was absolutely superb. He, he's a deserved world champion. He, he's been fantastic this year. He's made the most of the strangest of years. Um, and like, I have to put my personal dislike for his antics on stage aside. He, he is a fantastic champion, deserved, and more number one. Yeah, and just, just some really interesting points that obviously we, we <laughs> saw we saw a different side of Gezi as well. We saw genuine emotion when he went to pick that trophy up. And for those that don't follow him on Instagram and the interview that I did with him today, he spoke about it. Again, I didn't realise this. His mum died a few years ago um, and she only got to saw him, only saw him play darts that first year of his career. So she didn't get to see any of this. And he was sort of saying, this one's for her. And that's something that he very rarely lets his emotions come out. But he did there. And things like that, when you've, when you've reached the, the, the pinnacle of the sport and everything like that, just a real nice touch from him. And I say this to a lot of people, yes, the, the Gezi you see on stage isn't the Gezi that no. we all get to know. He's genuinely one of the nicest blokes around. He genuinely is an absolute top guy. And... When you see that emotion and that come out of him, it's just, it was just a real intriguing thing to see. And this is the thing for me, I think, about Gezi, is the fact that we everybody gets hung up on that Grand Slam final. And, you know, rightly so. It, is, it was before last night, probably the biggest win of his career, you know, pre-state World Grand Prix and everything like that. But, you know, this is probably, that was the moment where people first saw him. To see him do that on that stage, and and to be fair, I think Barzi, would you agree on this one? Because we were there on the night in Wolverhampton, twelve months on, back in November twenty nineteen. You know when we could actually go to events. That he beat Peter Wright sixteen six in the final, and he beat him with I think was it one hundred and five, hundred and six average after over twenty three days. Yeah. Ridiculous like that. And do you, yeah. do you remember? Because I remember walking out. I remember walking out onto the balcony to, just to listen to the crowd when the double, when the when the winning double was going to be here. And there weren't as many boos as I was expecting. There weren't as no. many people, you know, giving him absolute, you know, you know what. And I think that, that well, they were singing. That, that they were singing his name at one point. Yeah, and I, I, I think. I think what's happened is, is that people have seen what he's done. I don't, you know, whether he's, I know he, he regrets about the way that it happened and, and, and whatever, but, and, you know, he will get, he will get stick anywhere he goes because he likes that art of crowd. He likes playing up to the crowd. You know, you need that pantomime villain at times. But I think a lot of people now are starting to realize that actually this bloke ain't, this bloke ain't just, a, <laughs> this bloke ain't a dickhead, <laughs> to put it bluntly. No. The bloke can play dark. No, no. And and, that, oh. and I think people are starting to see that now. And I think that that performance against Peter Wright last year was a real turning point for me. Because even when he got, especially when he got home to, to Cardiff, but even in Nottingham, and, and particularly at Liverpool when he played Van Gogh in the Premier League, there wasn't as much stick for Price as I normally as I normally hear. So I think that the, it's the, more pants on my boots. What's that? Sorry, Gob. Van Gogh gets just as much from Premier League crowds, so. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Right, I'll give you, you that. I, I feel we... play each other. Look at the match players as well as when he plays Taylor and that sort of thing. Like, world of trouble. Oh. That yeah, I feel, I feel we get it now. It's more pantomime. 
Yeah, and, and to be fair, right, if anybody ever talks to me about crowds and everything like that, we always talk about the German crowds and whatever. I've never been in a more bare-fit atmosphere than 2017 Winter Gardens, Taylor, MVG, that quarterfinal. That was a bear pit. Yeah. Yes. My God. Right. The chat room. Get any questions in now about the World Championships? We are going to go through a few and wrap up before we start coming on to some hotly debated subjects. So, last call for the <laughs> World Championship. You, you, you went question missing, didn't you, Barzi, at the weekend? Who, me? <laughs> you went fishing at the weekend, didn't you, Barzi? Well, you know, put it out there a little bit. One from Callum here. Yeah, very hey, good. guys, hope you are well and healthy. Um, thoughts on Lisa Ashton and Dieter Hedman? Um, I thought. They both played okay. I thought no, I thought no, D no, played no, better. No. I thought D was better than I was expecting because it's well documented. Her TV game isn't particularly great. Um, I thought Lisa was yeah. unlucky. I thought Adam. I thought Adam played really well. Yeah, I think Adam again a very one that we haven't really talked about. In that Adam Hunt has had a fantastic end to the year. Uh, you know, he's starting to get there a little bit now. On the Pro Tour Order of Merit, I'm just having a quick look and seeing uh, whereabouts he's finished. He finishes 59 off of his debut year. He can only go up and up and up, and that's a crucial thing. And I think that he's playing. He's played some real stuff towards the back end of the year. Grand Slam, obviously, making the last 16. Uh, players Championship Finals, did bits as well there, and now into the World Championships as well. Great stuff from, from Adam. Um, and yeah, Lisa was very unlucky. I don't think that, that Dita really did herself too many favours in that sense. I don't think she played particularly well. But then again, she's playing a, a player in Andy Bolton who would had really had a back a really good <coughs> back into the year. He was in carrying some form. So both of them were in a position where they could have easily taken out the seed in the next round. Although to be fair, Stephen Bunting with the way that he was playing, I don't think Dita would have had much of a chance because of the way that if, if that Stephen had played up against her. Um, but certainly, Lisa could have easily taken out Jamie Hughes. So I think the first round games were very unlucky. Yeah, agreed. Um, uh, Gary, do you think going price is better than MVG? No. What a surprise that is. Um... <laughs> Good. Um, which good. player had the biggest dis- biggest disappointment at the Worlds? Well, good question. I like that. Biggest disappointment at the Worlds for me. I'm going to say Michael Smith. I appreciate I've talked about Jason Lowe and everything like that, but world number four did not expect to get beat in the last game before Christmas. Um, Adrian Lewis for me. Yep. I mean, he's up there, 100%. Um, a couple more. Gob for you. I think. Uh, <coughs> Wavy's up there. Um, Duncan was great and, and went on, but to, well, to average 87 in that position and hit a nine data, like, that, that's not James Wade. And there was a lot of thought that I was very apprehensive about, about how far James could go in this tournament and didn't deliver. 
I'm no, Peter Wright. Like, uh, if you're defending world champ, you have to hold it together in those moments a little bit better. Agreed. Um, Justin Pipe, why isn't Wadey in the Premier League? Well, he might be yet. There's still, there's still a spot up for grabs, but doesn't tick enough of the Premier League boxes, unfortunately. Uh, Jacob, evening lads. Great work through the world. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Joe, check out of the tournament. Yours was Waits and Aspinall. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Check out the tournament. I think. Oh, I, 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 I know think mine. I've, I've got mine. Go on, Lavanowskis, 164 against Whitlock to save the match. Oh, yes. That was absolutely that superb. Absolute stones. That, that was fantastic. Uh, Mine has to be Bunting's Big Fish just because of the celebration. The audacity of the man to yeah. walk off stage the way he did at the end of that set <laughs> was... <laughs> so that, that's me. Um... Yeah, for me, I think, I think, I don't, I don't know. Do you know what, actually? I think it might have been, I, th- I can't remember where it was. I, th- I don't know if it was in the semi-final or the final. But uh, Sorry, not semi-final or final, excuse me, the quarter-final or the semi-final, but Gary Anderson's uh, Big Fish. I can't remember which one it was now. That, that was a big one. Because I was thinking about the Whitlock Labanowskis one, and then you took it past me, so I can't, so I can't <laughs> use that one now. Um, I can't use that now. Um, I'm just going to... Do you know what, actually? No, sorry. I'll tell you what the checkout of the tournament was, just for the pure banter. Chizzy misses 1-4-1 one, one for the nine in the quarterfinal. And I appreciate it's not a checkout, but sorry, I'm going to go with it. Why can I go in those and goes to pigs at 1-4-1 one, one and shows him how to finish? <laughs> 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 I appreciate it's not technically a checkout, but I think I'm going to take it. <sighs> I'm going to take that right now. Yeah. Um, good evening, Duffy. Didn't he do that on the Euro Tour last year? Euro Tour, he, he did. He did yeah. against, he, he, he also did it against Lavanaskis when he tried. To, he he did yeah. it against Lavanaskis at the Worlds when Lav was on a one-four-one. <laughs> he tried to show him how to do it. Yeah. I don't think he. I think he missed double twelve. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Right. That's. I think that's. Just about a lot of Premier League questions there. Don't worry, everyone. We're coming on to that one. Don't you worry. We got one more from Reese who says, Who was the biggest shock? Um, I'm gonna go for that one then. Who's the biggest shock? Just one, two words Edward Fawkes. He's from Japan. No one knew anything about him. He comes on and absolutely bats Martin Decker off the board. Great stuff. Yeah, that was that was right up there because no one knew. Where have you been? Japan. <laughs> I'm from Japan. Um, so, yeah. Right, guys, you know where we're going from here. There's too many questions to ignore it. After the after the final, oh, first of all, he might be a PDC chairman, but how dare Barry not be in the UK through the Premier League announcement? How dare he? Correct. But I hope you have a nice holiday, More Baz. Does that mean he left London from a tier four situation? Probably on a private jet, because <laughs> Eddie went as well. Rule number, rule number yeah, but one. Yeah, Piers Morgan did the same to go to Antigua, and he's still giving people abuse and saying they should resign. Yeah, full Piers. 
Funny, funny you should say that. That's where Barry is. <laughs> right. Maybe there. Maybe if you go to Antigua, you don't have to follow the rules. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Barzi, why did you not use our own graphic? <laughs> that you created <laughs> because I was just borrowing yeah. off the PDC site. I was just going, I was just going like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, Phil. Um, oh, Phil. The 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 Premier League lineup has almost been revealed, gentlemen. It's back to ten as it. The news came out, but we have only been given nine of them. Jose de Souza, Rob Cross, Glenn Durrant, Peter Wright, Gowin Price, Michael Van Gerwen, Gary Anderson, Nathan Aspinall, and Dimitri Vandenberg, with one to be confirmed. Before we touch on the nine that have been picked, gentlemen, thoughts on delaying one of them? I, for one, am not keen. I don't see what they achieve from it. For me, the Premier League should be picked on the previous year's performance and the combination of the world rankings, obviously. The players that win major tournaments, major, should be in by right. Almost, the almost one to miss out was, was quite ranked, was, was Paul Nicholson's, quite well documented. Um you win one of them, you're in. You're in the top four, you're in. Then you start picking off your wild cards. I just, I don't see what delaying it does because the next event is the Masters. And actually, if it makes the Masters relevant for the first time in five to ten years, fair play. They've had an absolute master stroke because it's not. It's normally a tournament where these boys turn up with different equipment and try out their stuff for the new year, right? Nobody cares about the Masters anymore. It doesn't go towards your ranking an exhibition before another exhibition with pretty much the same players you're going to be playing in again, right? It's just your pre-season warm-up down the local basically. Um, So if they've made it relevant by if somebody comes through the field that isn't one of these nine, um, fair play to them. Um, But yeah, I I, I just don't see the benefit of delaying it. For me, it should be based on a previous year's performance. Stick your neck on the line, pick one of the players, or have some sort of Playoff for it. Are we getting to the point now, though, where does there need to be a fixed criteria for the Premier League or scrap the the whole top four thing as well and just go 10 wildcards? Because I'm just throwing it out there. Does Rob Cross deserve to be in the Premier League this year? He's in the top four, so they have to pick him. But does he deserve a spot? No. Because for me, the answer is no. No, he doesn't. And, and let's let's have this right. Like Cross is probably one of the luckiest players in the world to ever make the Premier League. Because if Gando had made the top four on the uh, on that, I appreciate he only dropped down to world number five. But 
you think about it with what he's got to defend next year. He's got to defend a world match play final. He's got to defend a, a win, sorry, and a European Championship win. That's to start us off. You know, this is. He's a very lucky boy, is Mr. Robert Cross, particularly after having yet another disappointing world championship. Uh, you know, he's well, got 81% of his money. I'm just going down the list here, right? So, because uh, at dartsrankings.com, by the way, if you ever need it, it actually tells you how much money they're defending per year. He's defending this year £420,000 on his ranking. A world match play, a European Championship win, both of them, a UK Open final as well that he's got to defend. And then he's obviously got to defend as well European Darts Opens, International Darts Opens finals as well uh, in there. So there's a lot of money for Mr. Cross. Now, does that mean, do we think, or do I think he will defend it? Not in the way that he's going. He's got, he's got to be improved. But that's the thing. I don't think there should be a set criteria for the Premier League. because, And I'll tell you the reason why more than anything. Because it would be boring as anything. We know who it is. We know the ten. I appreciate the nine pretty much picked itself this year, but so far. But we know then, we know what needed to be done. And I just think, I, I, I like the debate that people have on socials more than anything about it. Like, I, I, I like that element of people going, oh, what about this player? What about that player? What about him? What about him or her? I, not for me. I, I, I think that we should just keep it the way it is. But I like the fact we've gone back to 10 this year. The Challengers was finished as a concept. The moment it went to the feeds, it was just finished. It, it, here's one for you. That for me, the Premier League needs more variety. It's stale and it's boring. Oh. Okay? Do, you know, do, you know, um, do you know what? This is what I'm going to talk about. Oh, I forgot. This is what I wanted to have a go about with the Premier League. Sorry, please excuse me, Philip, if you, if you don't mind. If you, if you wouldn't mind me having the floor no, for no. one second on this one. I don't think the Premier I don't think the Premier League actually is needed anymore. If you want me to be brutally honest, I don't think the Premier League's needed. I appreciate that a T a TV networks need the content, but as a as a concept, no. It doesn't appeal to a lot of darts fans anymore, I don't think. I appreciate it gets casuals in because it goes to your city and you and everyone knows about the night out for the darts. But I don't think that the Premier League is needed anymore. Darts is, in particular, in the countries that it goes to, the UK, Ireland and Netherlands, and Germany, darts is an established sport now. We don't need to grow it. We saw the record numbers in Germany. We talked about this. We talked about the record numbers as well, watching it in the UK. I don't think that we need a Premier League anymore when we already have enough unranked exhibitions. The only reason why it's still in there, in my opinion, is because a, a certain television network wants to create a mythical triple crown that doesn't exist. It's, it's not so much that. It's, it's, it, look, it's a huge, huge tournament. But it's a bit like the it FedEx the Cup in golf. Money. Where, yeah. It's, 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 it's also like the FedEx Cup in golf. Where I'd, I'd like a race for the Premier League table where you, over the season, you pick... X amount of events, and they have their own individual ranking points. Not money, because I don't agree with it, that you categorise tournaments so the match play or whatever would have a higher ranking than the European Championships. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you categorise, and you almost have a race for the Premier League. And after those 10, 12, 15 events, 
whatever the, 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 the 10 are, are the 10 that play in next year's Premier League. Maybe something along those but lines. I mean, so I love all the good. ideas and variations that we're going to come up with, but what it's ultimately going to come down to is, do the faces fit? We can't sit here and tell everybody that certain players aren't going to get picked because they're not Premier League material. There's other boxes to tick, And then leave it down to ability alone because that's not what the broadcaster wants. That's not what the sponsors want from, from the flagship event. But, again... Knowing what we know, and I'm not going to name names, but there are certain players in there that I know that the broadcaster didn't want, but they had to pick them because they, what they've done this year. But then, but that then comes to the point of what does the how much say should the broadcaster have? I appreciate it's them who are paying the money, and I appreciate that it's them who want the want the, the the television figures but at the same time though this is this 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 one is a glorified expo for the pdc it's a traveling circus <coughs> as cameron as cam has said in our uh, in our chat one of our colleagues it's not a darts fans event it's a drinking slash tourism event and he's absolutely right this is just a glorified expo for the pdc to go to a different circuit uh, pitch the tent up in a different part of the circus every week it's it's ridiculous phoebe and um... i I, I I don't think that we should be having this. Pro- I think that that you said before at the stop of the show. I think this is one of the weakest Premier League lineups at this moment in time we're looking at. I think I've never seen. It's not a wide open Premier yeah, League at this moment in time. Definitely not. I'm I, I'm not a fan of the the the, the selection. Um, I think it needed a massive shake up, and I'm not keen on holding like Gob said this spot open. There's a couple of questions about it on the chat. We'll come on to that. Um, in, in a minute, who we think it will be, and, and X, Y, and Z. But look, I think that something needs to happen. Right. You've gone awful quiet as well. Well, all I'll say quickly, God, before you come in, these these seventeen weeks, whenever it starts, as well. These 17 weeks that whenever it starts back in Easter and where and, and all the places that we go, those 17 weeks will be painful by the end of it, as it always is, because it's the same people every week. I don't know, you know, the, the, the two new faces in it so far that have never played, Dimitri and Jose, I think they'll add a good variation to it. I think we can't have it both ways. And in that we asked for something different from the year of Dart. It delivered multiple different shots, multiple different winners, unexpected runs through various tournaments. That creates this field. That, that's just the way it goes with the current messy selection criteria they've got. And it, it's always going to be, there's always going to be debate about the lineup. There's always going to be debate on are they picking players that have only hit form for the last three to six months? Is it over a year? Is it TV only? Should Ian White have ever been in there? There's been calls to Simon Whitlock for the last three, four years that hasn't quite got there. Like, there's always, always going to be debate around the Premier League. But ultimately, when it is back on, we're going to sit there. We're going to watch it for 17 weeks. We're probably going to enjoy it. We're going to talk about the drama of it, despite the fact it's the same players we sit and talk about every week. But they will keep delivering. They will keep producing. No, 
Have some faith in the Bulls. I'm just going to put it out there, and this, this, I don't mean it's horribly, but watching Rob Cross against Dimitri Vandenberg on a Thursday night does not float my boat. No, but it might do with fans because they weren't. So if that doesn't float your boat, then look at the other matchups you potentially got there. If they're playing each other, that means Michael's got a better chance of playing Gezi or got, got a better chance of playing Peter or Gary. You're going to have a blockbuster match every night, at least. It's guaranteed with half the field the way it is. And actually, as much as he's another character that I don't particularly agree with is, is on the hockey antics sometimes, I'm lumping on Dimitri to the top four because this is his sort of arena. Even before that 10th person's announced. Yeah, but will, will, cause will fans... They have to cause up this year. The same way does a cause up. Will fans... No, I don't think that... Fans won't let Dimmy step back and, and take the piss like he's done I mean. previously. But we've also seen how quick he played at the Grand Slam. And if it forces him to play at that pace and he produces that level of performance, even better for us. Yeah, I'm just not not keen. So, who do we think? I don't think it's going to be a fun. Is going. Who do we think is going to fill that tenth spot? Who are the runners? Who are the riders? In your opinion, and in the chat room, guys, we'll come to the Premier League questions in a minute. Who gets that tenth loads. spot? Loads of people yeah. have said. Well, loads of people have been have come through with their with their thoughts. Um. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come to the questions in a minute. Yeah, I think that there are... I'm going to oh. say, just looking at the rankings now, there's two, in my opinion, that I think the PDC have got their heads in at this moment in time. Maybe three, if this uh, if another person does well at the, at the Masters. That being... Michael Smith. Yep. Dave Chisnell. And yep. Joe Cullen. I think they're really, really high on him at this moment in time. And I think that the PDC and, and I think the broadcaster quite liked the way that game between them and Sky, do you remember, between him and Van Gogh. Do you remember the way that Sky were talking about that game? And I don't know whether that might have changed. Just you know, just the odd little whisper in the in the correct person's ear. And if he does well at the Masters. He could be in that tenth spot. Um, he's not the bet. Them three are not the people that I would pick personally. I would pick the player who is currently just checking where they are in the rankings right now. World number thirty-two. Purely for that the walk-on then. and purely, absolutely <laughs> purely for the walk-on and purely for the fact that he can go and hit one eighties at big moments. And plus, as well, who doesn't want to see Rotterdam? In purple shirts with the aubergine with the aubergineus's face on it, because I bloody do. That would be that would make it more interesting. And I think that. So I think that I would have Dirk as my tenth for the way that he's done this year, for what he's done this year: World Championship quarter final and a World Grand Prix final, Europe Euro Tour semi final as well, UK Open last sixteen. But three, in my opinion, are Smith. Cheers and Cullen. Who gets the spot? Uh, 
Cheers. Mr. Garwood, over to you. Who gets your 10th spot? My list of people in contention, I think, is a little bit longer than Jared's. I've got Chisnell. I've got Wade. And not because he's Wade will not be in the frame. You know this. No. Shut up and listen, right? Because by doing... <laughs> I've had enough of your fair. shit. I'll give, you, I'll give you enough shit tonight. That's a fair point. By testing it after the Masters, they basically said this one is the next tournament performance based. If Wade goes and wins this tournament, despite the fact that PBC and the broadcaster oh. might not want him, they physically will not have a choice but to pick James Wade. On performance alone, oh, James Wade made two major finals this year. He should yes. be in. So <coughs> they literally God, can't. God. If he goes anywhere near the last four, he has to be there. Anything else God, is an absolute travesty. I, 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 Gob, I don't disagree with you at all that if this was a normal... If, if, I, if I could pick the 10, Wade has to be in it. I agree with you. But unless he wins the Masters, he ain't going in. Still as blind as that. Yeah. I also think that by the same logic, if he wins the tournament, retired he is in. But I just can't. Let me just caveat. Well, I've, let me just caveat what I've just said here. If <laughs> if someone who is not in the Premier League currently wins the Masters, they're in. Like I, I should caveat that now. Apart from Ian White. Apart from Ian White. Well, Ian White ain't ever going to win a TV tournament, so it don't matter. They, they still won't pick him. They still won't pick him. Um, so, yeah, I've got Chisnell, I've got Smith, I've got Dirk, I've got Colin written down as well. Um, I think for Dirk to get in, literally all of the names we've just listed have to flop. And I just can't see it. And you can't be sat waiting on other people to fail. You have to, to step up. And he was a round away. I think if he's made the world semi final, they're not waiting. He's in. I, I genuinely think he was that close. Um, at the minute, I'd too agree that it's sat with Chisnell, but a poor first round at the Masters and a, a steady performance from Smith might might see that reverse, aside from a player stepping up and winning it from left field. So, who gets your spot right now? Chisnell. Interesting. I'm the kind of the same that, personally, out of the runners, I'd have gone Dirk. But because he's not in the Masters, I don't think he's in contention. So I'm, I'm ruling him out for that reason, because he's not there. Personally, I would... Who would I want to see? Smith or Cullen? Because of the way they play. Um, but being that Cullen's got Peter Wright first round... No, he's got going Price first round at the Masters. Yeah. It's going to take a monumental effort from from Cullen. I think Chisnell is holding the aces at the moment unless James Wade wins the Masters. Wade has to win the Masters for me to force the hand. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Even if he gets the final, it ain't going to happen. No, I don't think agree. No, I, I think even though he's made three finals, even, even though he's made three finals, he won't get in. That, that the PDC won't don't want him in. 
We know this. Um, but after the disappointment of last year's Worlds, he went and made the final. I'm going to back Bully Boy to do, do it again. I'm going to back Bully Boy to nick the final spot. Can you just just imagine here for one second? Currently at the moment in time, right? And this is again we've talked about the, the you know about rankings and whatever. We can have another discussion about another time. The number six, the number seven, and the number nine in the world are not in the prem, which I find ludicrous. It's because we've had funny winners from. We're saying considering that the fourth was only just staying in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, that's the problem with the way they've got the qualification criteria at the minute and a more exciting year for every other event won by a variation and we see different players coming through on a two-year money list is going to provide this sort of mess. Also, I'm so, scrolling back through the chat. When... Mike Duffy Cross might actually get relegated this year. It's only taking you three years, mate, but we think you might be wrong. Last year, did he? He said Cross would get relegated. He made the final that year, but he was talking, when... about, he was talking about last year. <laughs> when do we think the Premier League is going to start? Ooh, good question. 2024. That... Yes. Not certainly not now. It ain't it ain't gonna start anytime soon. It ain't gonna be starting in February. Well, I can't. No, I pushed it back. They want fans in. They want fans in. Yeah. This will be the first event with fans, I think. They they'd rather play the Masters, the UK Open, and possibly even the match play behind closed doors if they could get fans into this because seventeen nights worth of fans in packed arenas with the revenue, with the T V exposure it provides, this is the money ball behind the Premier League, and this will move. This is money ball behind the World Championship, and this will move about. Uh, no, I disagree. Well, I think that, that they'll they'll push everything back to get fans in, not just this. Um, no, they, 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 no, PB, they, they, PB. If, if, if the Masters is going to be beyond closed doors, we know this, right? And I think that other events potentially could do as well. There are three events that Barry will will fight tooth and nail to get fans for. World Champs, World Match Play, and a Prem. Those are the three biggies. Well, I, I appreciate as well. I, I, again, the Wolves talking at Alexandra Palace that mm. the UK Open potentially may not march. Which is good, because I'd love to... This is, this, what I mean, this is what I'm saying. They'll push everything do back. Do you remember those halcyon days? Do you remember those halcyon days back in March last year when we all went down to yeah. Minehead and we all went down to Exeter beforehand? Those are the days. Um, yeah, the, 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 there's talk. Well, the, the other issue that we've got, we'll come on. Well, we'll, we'll back the Premier League up, then we'll talk calendar. Um, otherwise, we'll get we'll get sidetracked. So let's go through um, the questions in the chat about the Premier League first. Then we'll talk calendar, everyone. Um, well, we've done Rob Cross. Um, why not wait until after the UK Open? Sorry, go on, mate. You go. You go. 
people, I'm just saying, loads of people mentioning the B word, unfortunately, Gob, for uh, oh, that's why they're holding it no back in case, in case the B, no. in case the B, in case the B word gets a tour card. Fallon's also been mentioned as well. Uh, ja- she gets a tour card this year. James Wade's got more chance of playing in the Premier League than Barney. Uh, not in the sky with anything to do with it. Um, why not wait till after the UK Open? We've just touched on that because we don't know when the UK Open's going to be. Um, <laughs> there must be a deal from somewhere, <laughs> Barney needs a new sofa. Yeah, he does, to be fair. But he still needs to pay the other one off. Um, uh, fair, uh, even Dark Horse. Yeah, the Wolves yeah, watching. A lot, lot, lot of people agreeing. Um, just make sure there's no questions. Edgar, a lot of people Edgar liking Mania this. Really Edgar Mayne really wild in the Premier League. That'd be an amazing sight. Joe says give Dirk another year as uh, 16 months ago. What's that? Sorry, go on. I can't remember where I saw this, but you mentioned Edgar has brought this up. I don't think the PDC should announce whoever gets the 10th spot. I think they should just say the Premier League started on this date. Don't let any rumours, sneak the person into the venue and just let them walk on stage with their walk-on music. And let the crowd go wild. That would be good. One slight issue for this. Someone's going to leak it somewhere. One, it'd be leaked. And two, being it's one of the most heavily betted on sports on a Thursday night, the bookies need time to make markets. They, Unibet would never, yeah. ever let that happen. Fair point. It's only for one yeah. week, though. And the press it would get, the media reaction, that would be on socials everywhere. Oh, my God, it's they <laughs> <laughs> Someone throws him a big uh, like, full Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. Evening, Charlie. Charlie's just joined us. Hope, hope you're well, mate. Right, so that's the Premier League covered. Right, let's talk calendar time because, again, we still don't have the PDC calendar. And I don't get me wrong, I completely understand why we haven't yet. Um, well, I think we do, we'll, we'll see the Masters happen. Don't we? We do know some dates. We do know that the match play is scheduled because I think um, I can't remember where I saw it leaked, but I'm sure that the, the either the Winter Guard has said what it is, and with, that will be supposedly on the 17th of July. That's where the match play will happen, 17th of July through to the 25th. Yeah, we know we know roughly where where stuff is, but the more pre- the, the issues, immediate issues. I think the Masters will happen behind closed doors. Obviously, where it's going, to. Oh, we know that. It's not even a debate now, is it? Yeah. Um, but Q score is the problem. Because now we're in lockdown again. I don't see how Q yeah. score happens. It can't. So, and the problem is... And they've already pushed that back to February. They, they're going to have to push that back further. And the tour physically cannot start for the year without Q score. They have to fill the tour. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's can't... the issue. As well as that, they can't just they can't just give the, the tour cards back to players that had already given it. Do you know what I mean? That had already lost it. It just cannot happen because players have already been guaranteed tour cards through the challenge and the dev tours and through other means as well. And yeah, and as well, the PD Q school makes the PDC a huge amount of money. Well, it's about half a million quid. 
<laughs> that's where the money comes from from uh, from giving to the world champion. <laughs> they get it back straight away about three weeks uh, time normally. Um, so yeah, Q, Q score is the massive issue here because the tour cannot start until that's done. And at the moment, I think we're looking at March for that. I'd say April. I'd say April. I do think that. And then also you think about that. So you think, so let's write off the first three months of the year for a, for a kickoff. So that then there's six Premier League nights pretty much already gone. Normally seven or eight or nine by that point. The UK Open's normally played by then. Uh load of pro tours as well off the back of that. And as well that for the UK Open, how are we going to get these Riley used UK Open qualifiers this year as well? Anyone thought about well, that? Probably not. Exactly. So because of that, well, they're, they're 16 players that what do they do? They just, just give it to the people in the system? <clears throat> yeah, look, I, I, I don't mean having, not do having the Riley's go back to the people. That's my worry, that even if it's a stopgap for one year, if it works or if it produces a better tournament, I'm then worried about losing the, the FA Cup aspect of the UK Open, that it doesn't return to clubs up and down the country. There is no one-off chance for us to go and play against the pros. And that, that makes part of the UK open for me, watching those qualifiers of, of random. They're, they're fantastic days. They're, they're great events. And they do produce good star players that get a chance. We would not have Rob Cross if it wasn't for a UK open qualifier. Did Rob Cross come again? Yeah, no, I, 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 I think play much of Van did he? So no, did he? Did, did MVG hit nine data against him? Um, I no, think I, for I, one I, year, though, like we won't. I think for one year we won't have the widest qualifiers, though. I think those spots will be filled off the Dev and Challenge Tour for a year. Because as soon as Q-School is done, or potentially, they will Q-School will be done as soon as they physically can. And then weeks after that, we will have a flurry of pro tour dev tour challenge tour to get some kind of ranking this is where pdc need to buy and own a building forget using these leisure centers get a central location as pdc dark hq that has an arena that you can set up the floor events in use it for local schools and, and that sort of thing and exhibition events and and have all of that and have their own space. Barry? Yeah. Stop flying off to Antigua. <laughs> Buy me a big plot of land but, with a big enough space like a sports or a hotel on the side. But certainly the back end <laughs> of the year is going to be rammed because we're not going to have oh. the events in the first half of the year. Well, you think about it now. So let's just say the Premier League starts in May, just as a kickoff. Halfway through that, then, we're going to have a break for the match play, which is, you know, the second biggest tournament of the lot in terms of ranking. So let's say the Premier League goes through till September. That means that the World Series ain't going to happen. The World Series, I think, once again, is going to be canned for another year. And, and, and that will have to go. That means no Champions League as well next year. The Champions League will not be coming back. So off the back of that, in October, November, once again, you've got a World Grand Prix to fit in, somehow got to fit in a European Championship. Although at the moment, though, I don't think that the new ITV deal has been done. <laughs> Um, so I'm not too sure about that. That hasn't been well. Whether it's been done or not, it hasn't been officially announced yet. Even though Jackie did say that the, the Masters is going to be on ITV4, so I presume that there's going to be an announcement sooner rather than later on it's that. Done. One. Yeah, 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, well, we can assume it, but it hasn't officially been announced yet from the PDC. Um, so, so the World Series is gone, and that means that that's going to have to come off the. So that means ITV once again won't get a World Series. They might get a World Series without finals, you know, like before without a real World Series happen. So we've got a World Grand Prix to fit in. We've got a European Championship somehow fit in off of loads of Euro tours. We then got a Players Championship finals and a Grand Slam to fit in at some stage as well off the back of that as well so trying to find out some more places to uh, fit in with some more pro tours in order to try and get some stuff like that i think we talked about this before about summer series and a winter series and awesome series i think we could be seeing a return we could be seeing a return to that because we just simply went out the time yeah i think it will return because they they have to not because they want them matt already admitted no, that they weren't keen to do a, a whole host of them but yeah, they might have but, to. Um, yes, absolutely right. Correct. I think I think you're right. I think you I think you're absolutely spot on. So, in terms of the calendar, enjoy the Masters because that might be the last live broadcast darts you get for a while. If our calculations are somewhere near correct, I will say this though, yeah. very briefly. I'm on the home tour. Be back. Yeah. I refuse to rule that out on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I will say this, though, very, very briefly about the UK Open. How amazing will it be if we do go to Butlins in May? Hopefully, for once, it won't be chucking it down a rain. We'll actually be able to have a, we'll actually be able to have a, some sunshine in Butlins and it won't go dark at four o'clock in the afternoon. Come on now. Sheesh. Do you, remember, do you know? Do you know? There are some positives. I mean, don't, not many, but there, <laughs> there might be some positives. Oh yeah, and the, the home tour is definitely coming back as well. <laughs> I wonder how you know that one, there, Marcy. <laughs> would, would one of the commentators have some inside information, Mister Bart? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Right. The same as how convenient it was that we had a Premier League article with a graphic knocked up that went out within a second of Sky's announcement. But <laughs> 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 we, we weren't on the embargo press release, were we? Uh, anyway, moving on no. quickly. Uh, we've, got to, uh, we've, we've got to move it on. We've got so many questions coming through the question time, uh, uh, question time tonight. <laughs> Don't you can tell, you can tell we're tired as well, can't you? Yeah. We thought you we, was going to announce an OD darts calendar is the current conversation in the chat. No, nobody wants to see this. Polo's <laughs> a lovely night. Oh, but please. This tied up. Hello. Just, just no. Well, I'll say well, that. Charlotte and Daniela sell one every year because you don't want to see this. Merch, oh, we've got you covered for merch and we might look at expanding the range a bit, but calendars are not on that list. Can we do some? Can we do like a sort of like a tee up with the PDC darts dancers? Yeah, I'll speak to Soph. <laughs> and we, we also need to have a word with Mr. Anderson as well, Philip. I know we're in the middle of a show here and we're talking about serious stuff, but a word with Mr. Anderson. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we, actually have, we actually have Gary's prize to give. We actually have that Gary prize to give away, don't we? In the next few minutes. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll come to that at the end of the show, like always. Um, but also as well, we are going to be doing the Online Darts Fans Choice Awards. We are just finalising so you guys can all vote. And there will be a live award show. Not just tweets Ooh. telling you who's won. There will be a live show. We're just working on logistics, um, whether it has to be Zoom or whatever because of Boris's announcements today. But we're working on something quite good for this. So stay tuned to the website over the next couple of days because you'll want to be getting involved in the Online Darts Fans Choice Awards. That's for sure. Uh, right, it's question time. I think you say we're coming to the end of the show now, so we always throw it open to you guys. Fire away. Guys, again, look through the chat as well and pick your questions out as they come. Well, we've got one here straight away from Joe Beatty. says, does darts need more variety in tournaments, more set play uh, other formats? Well, I don't know, because beforehand, Gavin Price didn't like set play. We, we saw that on his Instagram. But I think he likes it now. Um, I I've always said that we need more set play events. We do. It's the it is the better format than leg play, in my opinion. Um, I wouldn't. I don't know what event I change. Maybe the slam and make it a set play event after uh, if we do group stages, then switch it to sets. Yeah. So if we have a group stage of legs and then we switch to sets, I think that would make it more unique than not having a BDO than having a BDO or a mad representation anymore. If we had mad representation, I think we would keep that uniqueness. But at the same time, though, now, because the BDO is not there anymore, maybe the uniqueness is, is that you start in one format, you finish in another. I don't know. Um, yeah. To play more cricket. Not the bat and ball game, either. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, potentially. Yeah, no, no, I think we need more set play. I've said this from day one. There needs to be more set play events. But how you do it, I'm not quite sure. I don't know. I've seen a lot of talk about playing doubling events at Pro Tours and changing the format with that. And the, the issue I have with that is that I, I'm not against that but they'd have to be standalone events or, or separate qualifier to then go on and play in the Grand Prix. You can't suddenly have six Pro Tours a year that are double a start, six Pro Tours a year that you're suddenly playing set play, best of threes or, or, or whatever, because of they qualify for the Players' Championship and the way yeah, that goes. Agreed. You can't be mixing the format up like that. Don't get me wrong, I love the idea. I love the, the thought of something different, different formats. The mint, like the Grand Prix, is up there with it. The UK Open, all the big flagship events have something about them, which but is why they're which is why they're which is why they're not part. Which is why they're part of a triple crown or a grand or a yeah, <coughs> or the big four job. They're not they're not some mythical yeah. tournament, not some mythical unranked tournament that a broadcaster desperately tries to make a triple crown. Sorry, did I, you can tell I'm tired, can't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, what what I've seen actually, Jacob uh, Brook mentioned this earlier on. I was going to bring it up when we were talking about the Premier League, and this is an interesting one. Thoughts on the Masters? Thoughts on making the Masters ranked 
by having the top 16 earners from the year before qualify. Now, that is interesting, and it's an interesting concept, but the only problem with that is that the majority of the 16 that own it, and the majority of the 16 qualifiers that would normally do it, are normally the top 16 seeds in the world, normally. Maybe in different orders, but then all that happens is, is that if you're... No, but what I'm saying is, is that the majority of them are. So because of that, they only then yeah. increase the gap on the rest of the field if you make it ranked. Yeah. I, I, personally, I'm not against a change in qualification, but the problem is the minute you isolate to a field that small, all you do is increase their gap on everybody else. You just can't do it. It's not fair. And no, I agree. Also, well, what I do... What I do is I do it like a Champions League format. I do it Group A, Group B, Group C, Group D. Top two go through to court finals and semi-finals and final on Sunday. Job done. You have Friday. You play Friday. You play Saturday uh, in the group stages. Uh, all your groups. You know, two sessions a day. Off the back of that, job done. See you later. Well, one on Friday, two on Saturday uh, during the day for a double session. Sunday, court finals, semi-finals, and final for the knockout stages. Job done. Makes it more relevant and uh, keeps that group stage format like we had at the Champions League for me. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it better than the straight yeah, knockout. Yeah, no, about that for me. Yeah. <laughs> Any more questions? Cam, what's the over and under slides on Gob's resignation for 2021? If German price increases live at the top of the darts rankings, then it will be then it'll be the line set at about twenty-seven point five, I think. One a one a week. Um, yeah, Tommy will the only way uh, Tommy will price be postman gets his card and then it's a tenth player in the Premier League. Then I'm gone. <laughs> if, if the postman if the postman is back in the Premier League, oh my goodness, this show will be a this show will be a must watch. This show will not be broadcastable afterwards. Can't edit it down. Oh, we'll get some views oh, on a clickbait brilliant. title. Then. Don't you worry about us. Well, clickbait. There's only one of them, there's only one of them over the world. Okay, <laughs> <Yeah>, now. <laughs> <laughs> We did, oh, we are, God, we're tired, aren't we? It's been a long, it's been yeah. a long few weeks. <laughs> it's been a long few weeks. It's been a long few weeks, everyone. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, right, right. Um, do question, then do the giveaway, and then let's get on it before we shoot ourselves in the first show of the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't already done um, um, These are interesting. Tommy, sorry, go on. What was that, sorry? You were going to go with one? Uh, will Price be multiple world champion? Can he win it more than once? Absolutely, he can. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, could be three, four times. And he, can he defend it? That's the bigger one for me. Because if he defends it before a certain ah. green machine, oh ah. my god! <laughs> Philip, your boy's in trouble. Because Gary didn't win yesterday, so I didn't get to make this point. But if he had of, right, I would have moved Gary above MVG in my all-time list. And this is going to set the comments Where's off. Where's the mute badly. button? But to go, go three-time world champion on that par, which, let's be fair, you're judged on world titles. Because if not, Raymond Van Barneveld won less than 10 TV events in the PDC. But he's a five-time world champion and the greatest thing since sliced bread. Right? 
Gary won three. <laughs> if Gary had won a third yesterday and had defended it at one point, like he had, he would have moved above Michael. Despite 2016 or 17 that Jar's about to go on a rent. Oh, he had the great Mickey and River. Whoop de doo. He did. He did. Nobody remembers that. Fact. Yeah, nobody remembers fact. that. Phil Taylor used to win every Everyone remembers every that gob. But we, we can't be world that? Colin mm. Lloyd, Colin Lloyd was world number one, which means he was picking up titles left, right, and centre. We remember him punching a board. I love Lloyd, remember by the way. If you watch it, thank you, hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, look, we're not we are, talking uh, about Lloyd in the top five players of all time. But he was world number one in the yeah, PDC. Well, yeah, because he had a good year. Didn't win one. Van Gogh was the only player to have won it more than twice, apart from Philip Douglas. What are you on about, silly man? What are you on about nonsense. Uh, right, one from Michael one from Van Richard Gerwin. here. Will Van Gogh? We get. Yeah, but I'd say Michael Van Gogh is the greatest player to have picked up a dart. Correct. Uh, one from <laughs> Richard here. Will. Will Van Gogh and get to world number one again? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I want to surprise Barzi goes with that one. Okay, yes. here's a question then, actually. More of a question, of a question than that is this. Do we reckon that Michael Van Gogh will ever... Well, sorry, Michael, excuse me. Will Michael Van Gogh get back to world number one before next year's world championship, or before this year's world championship in 2022? Because I don't no. think he will. I think price is that far ahead. I don't think he will. What's the price? About three hundred and seventy grand in front. Give or he's, take a yeah, couple of um, notes. He's he's actually just he's just shy of three hundred k. So about two seven five. Two seven. Yeah, when MVG wins the UK Open, the match play. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise! You going with that? <laughs> Absolutely right. Uh, final question then is uh, Tommy again. You have one choice to be world number one or world champion. Easy. World champion. World Everyone champ. remembers world champion. Look, I've literally, not many my people. Colin Lloyd rant has literally just explained that. I'll just say yeah. Colin Lloyd again. I don't need to say anymore. Lloyd would have traded it all in. He would have traded the match. He would have traded every title he ever won in. The world number one status for a world championship. Ask any professional sports Sorry. player. They want to be champion or something. Lee Westwood was world number one for a year, half a year in golf. Never won a TV major. Yeah. He trades that in for a major tomorrow. That's just the Absol way it goes. Absolutely. Um, a couple of other bits here for you, obviously. Right, we've got a competition winner here of the Gary Anderson thing, and it is one of our Facebook viewers and congratulations to dan day i will dm you over this evening or tomorrow mate to get your address and get the stat shipping sorted congratulations and also very little prize coming out tomorrow we have two world championship signed programs by the man himself the ice man the world champion gathering price and of course remember these programs are quite special because there wasn't a lot of fans to give to go and buy them. So, 
and also, and also as well, they're signed by the world number one. I, I, do you know what? I'm actually quite gutted I want one now because I just want to frame it when I move into my new house. So, uh, I, you know, gutted. But congratulations to whoever wins. I will hey, buy it off. If you. I wasn't allowed the gallery giveaway, you're definitely not having a programme. <laughs> 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 That's very true. Uh, uh, we've ran, I can't believe we actually ranted about it for two hours. You basically just slagged everybody off under the sun, ain't we, pretty much at this point, apart from Getty? <laughs> you are. We'll apologise now. We, we, we are all tired. We, we'll apologise now. Um, but next week, as, as next always, week, next week, we'll, about to say, next week, we're going to wind up Gob when uh, about uh, about more about Roman van Barneveld. And more importantly, we're going to explain why Michael van Gerwen is the greatest darts player of all time. No questions asked, Your Honour. Is that next week, is it? Are we going straight in for that? We're not going to hold that back for a couple of weeks. We've got no darts and you're going, yeah, let's wade into that one week two. 100%. Let's start 2021 with a bang. Absolutely right, mate. All right. Next week, I'm turning up in full fishing gear, waders, dungarees, literally the lot. (laughs) Oh, please. (laughs) Please do that. We are going full-blown fishing. Damn right. Uh, just to say really, really quickly, thank you very much to everybody who's uh, who's watched the show tonight and also anybody who's listened to the World Championship Daily. As we said on the pod, that the numbers were through the effing roof. So thank you very, very much indeed for everything. Really do appreciate it. Yeah, look, yeah, look, not just the, the Word Daily. I, for me personally, I want to thank the whole team as well for the yeah. huge mammoth effort that went in to the world it was literally from from all of us it was all hands to the pump covering it day after day because not one person can do everything it is grueling like you've never seen anything before and uh, the whole team were absolutely magnificent so thank you all thank you all the listeners as well and the viewers and people that have been to the website social media you were all absolutely amazing but we've only just got started we've got some really big gems for 2021 to, to come. The planning has already started and the start of the journey was good, but it's going to get better. So thank you very much for joining us this evening on the Live Land. We'll be back Monday at 8pm. Put it in your diaries now. I've been Phil Bars, joined by Jack Gobby Garwin and Jala Featon. As always, gentlemen, it's been emotional. It's been great. And we shall see you all next week. Thanks, everyone. Mm-hmm.